Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Of the Forgotten My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the happy medium to my jolly soothsayer, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing good. I am doing good. Nailed it. Yeah, that one wasn't that hard. No, that wasn't tough. That was one of your easier challenges to me. I, I just like the happy medium pun. It's good. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to embrace it. Damn, I'm going to push it. Push it real good. Slide smushy. Dur, no? Burr, yes, dur, 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 burr, burr, hey, 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 dur, we can't afford dur, that kind of budget. Dur, Stop it. Dur. Speaking of affording things, thanks to all our patrons over at Patreon. You guys are helping us keep the lights on. We appreciate you. We love you. And you are the best things ever. Thank you. Jonathan, happy winter solstice today. Woo! It's the most miserable day of the year. It is indeed the shortest day of the year, but I like to look forward uh, the days get longer, and we are on the march towards summer, uh, very officially on this day, because everything's getting longer, baby. Thank goodness. And, wow, phrasing. Okay. The yeah, days are getting was, longer. I, you know how hard it was not to flow, throw out, uh, that's what she said. I, like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I want you to know, like, that was really hard to not be 12. I feel like I earned a commendation of some sort. Uh, go, go get yourself a cookie. You earned it, sir. Can I just take a sip of my tasty beverage? There you go. Take a sip of your tasty beverage. Also, in- incidentally. Hold on, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Were you sucking off a healing balloon? Like, what was going on there? Are you getting- no, I just kind of got a weird uh, weird grip on the straw there with the old lip. There was a little... I was trying to make some noise because, I mean, frankly, drinking from a straw is particularly loud. Is, is that just how you drink from straws? Or, or is, No, no. Is it like I, a regional I thing? Mean, next thing you're going to tell me, I, I drink water bottles with both hands. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> also, today is National Flashlight Day because it's always National Flashlight Day on the shortest day of the year. Go get a flashlight. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cute, so I, I decided to do a double. Uh, so go use that hashtag. Hashtag National Flashlight Day. And uh, we are celebrating the invention of the flashlight by British inventor David Missell issued the patent on January 10th, 1899. Woo! Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, the flashlight, um, 122 years and uh, counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Winter Solstice Flashlight Day. Moving right along. And this also marks a, a, a somewhat uh, bittersweet uh, anniversary. How so? It's the last episode of 2021. Oh, true that. True that. Well, this episode's coming out right before Christmas, so it's like a Christmas present. We'll just not... It is a Christmas present. Yeah. We just won't be around for like... Until, until well after New Year's. <laughs> well after New Year's. Yeah, we're taking a slight Christmas holiday... I mean, I don't know about you. I've got some time off, but there's going to be family everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with my children. They're going to be off of school for two weeks. Duct tape? That's that's okay, right? It's worse here, man. Our highs these days are in the low 40s, and our lows are in, like, the mid-30s, so it doesn't ever snow, and it just rains. And so, like, you can't go outside because it's just, like, freezing cold rain all the time, and so they're just bouncing off the walls on the inside. I can't say it's been much better here, man. 
Do tell. Uh, it's been uh, lows in the upper 30s, and sometimes the highs are in the 50s, and sometimes they're in the 90s. Who knows? It's it's schizophrenic. Constant rain, though? Uh, no, actually, it's been a, a quite a bit drier than normal. Yeah, yeah, that's the La Nina or something. Like, yeah, it's blowing, it's blowing moisture as, up as here. As somebody who enjoys spending time on the water during the summer, I, I'm not pleased about this. I'm going to go ahead and need some storms to cruise on through. Thank you. I mean, I know that nature is probably listening to the show. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Nature, hello, how are you doing? I want to do a funny voice, but I can't decide what nature's voice would be. I mean, I think it's a little bit different for each of us, yeah? <laughs> I was thinking about doing the voice from <laughs> the Adam's Family Values of, Hello! <laughs> this is nature! <laughs> I'm Polly Pocket! I don't know, I got nothing. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. I'll see you're nothing and raise you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, kick us, kick us into the segment, Jonathan. All right, well, it's now time for our first segment. That is, of course, our off-the-shelf segment, the segment where we talk about all the wonderful things that we've had off of our shelves, onto our tables, our media players, our audible devices, whatever it might be, and most importantly, into our hearts. Robert, where do you want to start? I think I picked last time. I'm, I'm going to make you pick this time. You're going to make me pick this time? Uh, well, let's, let's, uh, let's fluff my ego uh, right at the get-go. Uh, let's start with RPGs. <laughs> we both played some Knights Black Agents. That's because we're in the same game. It's pretty hard for us not to have both played Knights. I mean, you're not wrong, but <laughs> still, it was awesome and fun. Uh, what's real fun is we, we are playing with a friend of the show, Ray Greenlee, and he is so into this. Which I think is friggin' amazing. That totally makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I asked him. He he hasn't played anything not D and D except for a f- smattering of stuff since like college. So like, and and college was like the classics. Like we're talking like Shadowrun and and stuff like that. So yeah, this is his first Gumshoe game. <laughs> hey, if we start now, we should have our characters done by the new year. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny, but but you know it's true. Yeah, especially if we're playing Traveler. <laughs> Roll, roll, roll. Oh, I died in childhood. It's got to start over. <laughs> <laughs> but our game doesn't start until you're in your mid-30s. Yep. yep. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody seems to be into this. I realized why everybody's into us. The first job is a heist. And as uh, Dane Cook so rightly pointed out, even though, depending on how you feel about that man or not, but yes, every guy wants to be part of a heist. Like, heists are just cool. They are. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. Like, this is a cool... I, I really like the character creation. Mm-hmm. It does some cool stuff. It really embraces the spycraft aspect of it. I'm really... I'm stoked to be playing this. Like, beyond stoked, actually. Yeah, it's weird being back in it, because I I, I, t- I took a lot from my uh, my first go-around with Knights Black Agents uh, into, like, D&D and all that, just by the gumshoe system and whatnot, and just, like, freely handing out information, because rolling for information is stupid. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to be be back into that. It's fun. I'm I'm not going to disagree with you on that. It it's nice to not be like constantly struggling for some tiny little morsel to build a a a game off of. And you know what I I think uh, or what's interesting about this is because we've got two board game players in our game. Uh, you guys are really both digging the sort of like resource allocation and uh, risk. Of spending points. 
I'm sorry. We're trying to min-max the game. That's no, no, no. It's 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 a classic board game thing where you you have a certain amount of resources you can allocate and trying to figure out how and when to do that is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Must be must be nice for you guys. It makes me wonder, like, if well, if you es- could, especially since I play a lot of four X games, that that makes it particularly me me sensitive to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, based off of our conversation last year or last year, last episode with uh, with uh, the Hadrian's Wall, like, could you do a roll and write RPG system where you're trying to build combos without getting too absurd? Oh, that'd be I mean, like, I don't think there is such a thing uh, as an idea that's too absurd. It's just challenge accepted. Let's let's do that on our break. (laughs) Yeah, I'd actually have to read the rules and play that game. But yes, uh, I don't know. I was just thinking about that, <laughs> like like trying to come up with combos. I think that would be interesting. There was this great game I had, and by great, I mean I read it and I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I never actually played it because the system was a little obtuse. But it was called uh, Fireborn. It was from Fantasy Flight Games way way back in the day, and uh, it was kind of like okay, it was kind of like The Matrix because there was kung fu, but. Instead of playing like people in the simulated reality, you played uh, dragons incarnated in human bodies. But you could totally like do kung fu where you'd actually have like kung fu sets of maneuvers like combos like in a, a fighting game. And you would you if you made successive rolls to do the various bits of the kung fu, you would be able to attack more. And it seemed like an interesting system. It was a little weird, but because um, your stats were earth, air, fire and water. You could move dice around between like the either, you know, uh, it was like on a plus sign. Right. So you could either move dice between the top and the bottom or the left and the right. But uh, yeah, it was it was a weird system. I've always kind of wanted to play it to see how it actually worked because I've heard it's not great, but I still want to try it. I don't care. I mean, I'd be down to the experiment. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll do one shot after Knights Black Agents is over. <laughs> That'd be cool. I've been I've been mulling over. uh because for, uh, for Impossible Landscapes, I started making these postcards, and I was thinking about doing that again, but then it occurred to me, you know what, I should make an update because I, I could do this and, you know, you guys wouldn't have to because I have all the stuff on hand. Uh, I, I am setting about working on a murder board for you guys as you go through the oh, conspiracy. Oh, that be cool. So, yeah, posting pictures. I'll, I'll have to ask what pictures I should post, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting that all set up right now, which is fun. <laughs> all right, there we go. I'm done now. I'm done. I can talk about RPGs for hours. Move me away. Go to something else. Do I have to pick? Do I have to pick something else? Uh, it's generally the way this works. Duh. Reading. What have you been reading? What have I been reading? Um, a lot, actually. Uh, oddly enough, that's where I've been spending the vast majority of my time. So, what have I been reading? Uh, where do you want me to start? Look at look at my list. Okay, I guess we should start at what I was reading last episode, right? Right. Okay, so I was reading Crash Override. I finished it. I mean, it's an amazing story. It's hard to believe that something like that could happen to somebody, and yet I totally understand the way the technology was manipulated, and so I believe it. But at the same time, it's it's sad that anybody could do that to another human being. It's really miserable, actually. Uh, but at the same time, she's really transformed it into a positive movement, and I really respect that about her. So I highly recommend reading it. I think it's important. I actually, I think that anybody with kids should have their kids read it so that they understand the power of the internet and how easily it can be manipulated against you um, so that maybe they could better understand why it's important to not, you know, put yourself out digitally in a way that could be uh, negatively seen, whether it's fair or not. It's an amazing book. I really recommend that everybody take a read on it. 
And then I read a short story. Uh, it's called We Are the Water People. It's just about like water and power or? Uh, hold on. Hold on. It's going to be, it's going to be. I don't want to mispronounce yeah, this guy's name. You know what? It's going to be about something like really hard hitting and whatnot. And I just made a stupid joke about it. And I'm going to feel terrible. No, so no, I'm going to take it back. It's, I'm gonna take it, it back. It's, it's by a, a Kenyan author. His name is Troy Onyango. And it is, it's a short story with a very spiritual edge. And I was very impressed by it. It, I, I don't know how to describe it other than to say it is the tale of a death from multiple different angles. And it's told from a very different place culturally. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Some of the best use of language to describe place and feeling that I think I've ever seen in a book. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I highly, highly recommend it to anybody that's looking for something to read. Nice. Like I, what, what a, what an absolute gem it was to find this. Uh, th- somebody suggested it to me and I'm really, really happy that they did. Um, it was just, it was beautiful. Like I, I highly recommend it. We are the water people by Troy Onyango, And I don't want to say too much to give it away because there's a couple of little secrets that are really fun. If you tease them out in the, the context of the book. And I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed it thoroughly. So I'm actually in the process of trying to find additional work by, by, uh, Mr. Onyango because he's a hell of a writer, a hell of a writer. Uh, so I started reading, uh, Dracula, the undead, which I know you're going to say, weren't you reading that last time? No, this is a different book. This is by Dacre Stoker with, uh, Ian Holt and it is written as a sequel to Dracula and I was hate reading this and I finally had to give up on it because I was just so like angry at the book that I couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. I, 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 it had gone off the hate read train and just into the pure hate, the pure vile hate. So you did end up giving up. Huh? Yeah. I, I, it was just pissing me off. Like I, I was avoiding and I know how much you love Dracula. So that's really upsetting. Okay. Okay. So, so, okay. So this is what it is. First off, Dacre Stoker, he's a track and field coach. And uh, Mr. Holt apparently has been a direct-to-DVD horror screenwriter. So that is the quality we're getting here. <laughs> so what you're saying is we got a truck stop version of the of the of the. Well, it's a sequel, okay? But the problem is, it says like stuff in the sequel didn't happen or didn't happen right. And I was reading the Wikipedia article when I decided to give it up because I just wanted to spoil it for myself, so I wouldn't feel compelled to read it anymore. And at the very very end of it, Dracula jumps in the sun and, and catches on fire, which is Dracula running around in daylight is something that totally happens in the original book. But this one goes like, oh no, that didn't happen. It happened different. Which is something that's always bugged me about most vampire uh, movies, because where the hell did that come from? I don't know. I mean, it's it's been in there for a long time. I don't really care about that. I I it offends me that they wrote a sequel to Dracula and then said the events depict rules are going to change. Yeah, the events that were depicted in that book were not exactly how it actually happened. And it's like, well, who decided that? And they say in that. Bram Stoker changed it to make it a better book, but whatever. It's still oh, it was. It, it's terrible. Don't read it. It's it's an awful sequel to Dracula. I mean, I don't feel like we needed a sequel to Dracula, to be honest with you. 
there's some stuff I I, I, I am curious about, and I, I, I just want to read people's takes on it, but I, I still haven't found a good one. And if I don't find a good one, like, I, I, there's a rule on the internet that probably says I have to make one, which pisses me off, because then I have to go post some fan fiction somewhere, I guess. And I don't even know where to do that, so... <sighs> anyway, via interlibrary loans, I, I, I'm tracking down another pseudo-sequel to Dracula. We'll see if this one does better. But what pissed me off the most is that, like... Dracula's rules in the original Dracula novel are actually very different than like most modern interpretations of vampires. And so actually writing a book about Dracula's, you know, like with Dracula rules is actually kind of like subvertive and new now because it would twist the genre, even though it wouldn't, it would be cool, but they chose not to do that. And they dragged Dracula more in line with modern interpretations of vampires and they made him the good guy because he wasn't bad. He was fighting a worse vampire. Ooh. And that excused all of his inappropriate behavior? Well, he only ate Lucy because he was real hungry, Jonathan. Real, real hungry. It wasn't his fault. No, if you're real, real hungry, you pop a hungry man in the nuker and you nuke that sucker. This you don't was hungry. 1894 and he didn't have a hungry man to put in the nuker. Anyway, yeah, don't read that book. I, I'm considering hate reading his other book, but I, I, I think that will be not a good idea. All right. Well, after uh, reading We Are the Water People, I actually, uh, based on our last uh, Stephen King movie, I ordered a copy of Cycle of the Werewolf and read it. How was that? It's been a really long time. And they have it at the library, and I've, like, mulled over just grabbing it off the shelf, but I haven't done it yet. I'd forgotten how short it was. Yeah. Like. That's a pro. Each month is, like, I think that there most of the months are are maybe a page. Like if you were to type it out on a on a word processor? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Like a page maybe. That said, I mean, the movie follows it very closely. But I don't think that this lends itself to a movie. I think this lends itself better as a long-form show. Yeah, we went over that last time. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of really cool ideas in the book that are uh, barely hinted at in the... Um, uh, in the, the, the movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mike Flanagan has not accepted our dare or an invitation to come on this. So I don't think it's going to happen. It, I'm not giving up Mike Flanagan. We love you. We'd like to have a, a, a serious conversation with you. He's starting to film the house of Usher, man. He's got the Mark Hamill on board. I mean, come on. Can you really blame him? I mean, I'm down. I'm, I'm I mean, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you at this point. I am into anything that has his name attached to it because he has done some really amazing stuff for the horror genre because he remembered that horror is effective when you have people that you give a shit about. By putting the people first instead of making it just torture porn like all these Saw movies and whatnot, he's he's done something spectacular and he's brought horror back. Agreed. All right, putting the soapbox away. Cycle of the Werewolf. It's fun. It's good. It's very short. Um, and there's pictures. So how, what, I mean, can't really go wrong. Speaking of Dracula, I am reading the novel The Historian by Elizabeth Kostanova, Kostova. Kostova. I'm going to go with that. Kostova. It is also a sequel to Dracula, I guess, technically, although it takes place in the... Well, it's kind of funny because it's like... Uh, <laughs> it's this really weird novel where it's this lady who I believe is alive in like the 80s telling a story of what of about her father when she was in school uh, during the 60s. And then her father's telling a story about this guy that he knew studying Dracula back in like after World War II. So it's like at points, it's a story and a story and a story, which is weird. 
it is written, I guess, like Dracula because it's like letters and diary entries and stuff. So points on that. And uh, I, I've heard one of uh, the chief complaints about it is not a lot happens, which I'll agree with because, again, it's a lot of people telling stories and stories and stories. But uh, I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far. It's uh, it's nice that a lot of the book so far has at least taken place in Istanbul because a lot of people when they do Dracula, they kind of forget that he, you know, hated the Ottomans and fought them a lot. And so like actually doing stuff in Istanbul would make sense because they fought the Dracula, you know, just saying so far. So good. I'll tell you how it is. I'm about, well, I, I had to rent it on the e-reader cause stupid elliptical stuff, but uh, I think I'm 31% through it according to that. So I will tell you probably in the next episode, cause we'll have a long break how it is. There you go. There you go. All right, and last up is a book I think you turned me on to, uh, which is Devolution, the new one from Max Brooks. It's about Bigfoot. Oh, 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 no, 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 that was uh, Brendan. Oh, yeah, it was, was it Brendan? Yeah. I can't remember who turned me on to it, but I had it on my list, and it, it finally came up. It came up on the list, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good solid quarter of the way through it right now. It's, uh, it's interesting. I need to give that book another try. I was not working out on the elliptical at the time. So I was being very bad about reading, but now I'm better about reading because I am doing that again. So I'm into it so far. I'm about a quarter of the way through it. So, so, so how are the mean Bigfoots in that? I haven't gotten to them yet. I'm enjoying it so far. So far, it's so good. Cool. This is uh, Max Brooks. It's Mel Brooks' kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who who he is. also wrote uh, the World War Z. Right, right. Groovy. All right. What should we move on to? Uh, what do you want to move on to? Anything? Uh, I, I'm just kind of heading north on the, the old list, so movies and TV. Still working through Wheel of Time. Okay. Second episode is not much better than the first. <laughs> nice. So I'm going to give the third one a shot. Maybe by the next episode I'll have gotten through three. <laughs> nice. I'm trying, gang. I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. It's not well put together so far. It's fair. It's like a CW show on steroids. And that was not a compliment. (laughs) I'm going to hold judgment until I've watched the entirety of the first season. At this rate, I should be done with it by 2026. Nice. Your turn. Been watching Star Trek Discovery, or continuing with that, I guess, uh, season four. One thing I've noticed about that show, its cast keeps getting bigger. And I think they need to cut some characters out because not everybody's getting enough time. And it looks like they're they're cutting the wrong character out right now, which is pissing me off. But whatever. I don't know. That's my take on it. There's just there's just too many characters and not enough time. Because like I love me the Stamets. I love I love the prickly engineer. He's he's actually one of my favorites, but he is not. He's just all he's getting is time to just be prickly and he doesn't get to have his heart of gold. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. But you know, what? that show continues to be discovery because every episode somebody cries and there's action. So it's discovery when you see that, you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, you're not pushing me back to it. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not a selling point. What, the people cry and there's a lot of action? The fact that it just keeps being Discovery. <laughs> uh, that's 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 not a selling point at all right now. Uh, so far, this season's better than last season. It's uh, 
the the big bad of the season is like a interstellar phenomenon and not like a person or anything conscious. So it's a little weird, man. Just like it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're addressing the fact that they they didn't really have a voice. Then they had a really great voice. Then they lost that voice. And now it's like they're meandering. I don't think they're meandering as much anymore. Burnham, Burnham became the captain at the end of the last season. And uh, it's that's, I think that's where the show always wanted to be at the end of the day. And now they're there. So they, they're they kind of running with that. And that's been pretty good, actually. Also, it's cute because... Um, okay, so uh, Michael Burnham is captain. She, and she has the rank of captain, right? And Saru, who we all loved as captain. And I, I, would, I would watch a Captain Saru show in a second. Uh, but he's also on Discovery right now, and he's also a captain. And my wife was, like, bitching about it. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, it's almost like an original Star Trek, Gina, when Kirk, Spock, and Scotty were all captains on the Enterprise. And so they called Kirk Captain Kirk, and then they called the other captains Mr. Mr. Spock, Mr. Scott. Funny how it works out that way, huh? Yeah. And that's what they do. They're calling him Mr. Saru instead of Captain Saru. So, which is cute. It's a nice little throwback. I'm enjoying that. Okay, so last season, the 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 big MacGuffin mystery thing was the burn. And the burn had the stupidest resolution. I, I, <laughs> it was real dumb. It was real dumb, Jonathan. It was, it was almost like unwatchably dumb. Luckily, luckily they revealed that in the, uh, second to last episode and that episode in particular was real good. So I, I stuck around for the finale cause that was the finale was the second half of that. And, uh, yeah, what was, what was fun about that one is, uh, for reasons, uh, the guy who plays Saru looked like a human, uh, during that episode. And so you actually got to see that guy, which was kind of fascinating. Who Doug Jones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Doug Jones. So fun fact, I've been a huge fan of Doug Jones for a long time. Um, because of the work he did with Guillermo del Toro. Right. And so I, I, I've always admired the fact that he finally got his time in the spotlight as a main character. Yeah, I, I realize I've never seen his face before. <laughs> like, like watching him actually act and... and Because uh, he does a lot of costume Right, work, right. You did see his face because when you saw Priest, not Priest, Constantine? the other one. No, 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 not Constantine, the other one. I don't know. The, the, the one with the character named Jeep. I... Not ringing any bells for me with here. Paul Bettany. Oh, oh yeah, that one with the yeah, I know what you're talking about. Legion, 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 because Doug Jones was the ice cream man, the creepy ice cream man. Oh, oh, I've never seen that, so I'd never actually seen his face before. So you never saw Legion? Nah, I heard it was bad. Oh, there's a show you need to take a tour through. It, is it so bad it's good? Because I heard it was so bad it was bad. That's why I kind of never got. Oh no, it's terrible. It's terrible. But I couldn't stop watching that car accident. Okay. Well, okay. So that's so bad. It's good. Got it. I will put that on the list. I mean, it's spectacularly bad. Guess what 80s movie I watched? Uh, I can see it on your list. So I, I'm not, yes. not going to run for Runaway. Yes. Starring um, Tom Selleck's mustache. Yeah, I watched that. It was on Netflix for a while, and I watched it. And that movie is oddly watchable, except when you realize that Gene Simmons is the villain, and he's not very good. But other than that, it's okay. No, not only is it oddly watchable, they actually called a lot of stuff in that. Like drones and stuff like that. That's true. That was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, yeah, it's it's one of these... It's almost like reading the original cyberpunk role-playing game. Like, it's funny how much they got right, and then just how much they got wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> like really fundamental things. You're like, whoa. They didn't, they, well, yeah, but I mean, like when you compare it to other future stuff from the 80s, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot more right than they did wrong. That's true. That's true. Not going to disagree, but still, Gene Simmons is a terrible actor. He shouldn't have been the villain. Oh, God, no, just atrocious. And the, like, and the last scene when. Spectacularly bad. Prom- um, uh, performance and uh and the last scene with all the the evil flying drone robots that are just sort of like flopping around idly <laughs> on stage yeah. Yeah, that wasn't very threatening that was very threatening and it's it's true they got drones right but you know the whirly helicopter bits they didn't get right they look kind of like like robo flies it was a little weird <laughs> no but they got a lot of like the household stuff right like they had a vacuuming robot and stuff like that it's true it's true well, Michael Crichton wrote, wrote the script to that. Like, what do you expect? He was actually pretty on. I, well, I, I, Jurassic Park science. He was. He was on point because he actually did the the research on the science. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but Gene Simmons was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Gene Simmons was terrible. I mean, it was it really was, uh, bad. Real bad. Real bad. Well, I'm not going to talk much about this one, Jonathan. So, uh, yeah, Hawkeye continues to be a delight. I'm actually warming up to that show quite quickly. Oh, okay. Don't tell me anything. I need to watch it. Oh, I didn't realize that Michael Crichton directed it too. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which explains a lot. But anyway, because it's yeah. not directed great, but you know, it was his first time out. So what do you what do you expect? Anyway, Hawkeye continues to be a delight. It's 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 quite fun. Uh, it's, it's a Buddy Archer story, and Kate Bishop is is cute. Well, don't don't tell me too much. I, I it's it's I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had if time. you want to read the novelization of it. Uh, it is heavily based on Matt Fraction's run of the comic book. Like it steals the logo and everything. So, uh, yeah, that, that comic book is also pretty fun. So if you want to read the book ahead of time, go do that. There you go. Matt Fraction. Hawkeye. All right. Do you know why I didn't have time to watch Hawkeye? Because you're probably watching something else terrible. I was. I was watching Free Jack. <laughs> starring Emilio That's Estevez and Mick Jagger. <laughs> Let's do it. Tell me the code. Seven. It's so bad. It's so bad. No, it was wrong. He got the whole thing wrong. <laughs> it was like, what? I've, I've watched the scene where they send the Indy car into the bridge, like... I still can't figure out the physics of how they did that. <laughs> like, it's just not, I, I mean, like I watch auto racing, like heavily watch auto racing, which by the way, fun fact, the formula one season just concluded. And let me just say the best, most dramatic season in 20 years since, since Schumacher Hackenden, in my opinion, I don't know if there's any other formula one fans out there, but let me tell you like, so good, so good. You know what was not good? Free Jack. No, no. It's not even so good. It's fun. No. Like I watched it through to the end, but it was kind of like watching Johnny Mnemonic where the entire time I was just wondering why I hated myself this much. (laughs) That's a movie that you need therapy when you get to the end. Yeah, yeah. It's that bad. I I fired that one up along with that old sci-fi thriller Millennium a couple of times. I just can't keep going. Oh, I love Millennium. Yeah. It's terrible, but I do love it. It's got like an interesting plot. Yeah, yeah. I just can't ever push through it because it's just, it's, uh, it's. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Millennium's so good. It's, gr- or so bad. It's great. Oh, no, I, I don't know. I, I get, I get about, I don't know, about th- a third through and I just, I get to like the second act and I, I don't think I stop watching because I, like, I can't stand it. I just get distracted and then I'm not motivated enough to come back to it. 
Same thing with Free Jack. I'll watch like the first third, and then it's like, oh, I got to go do a thing. And then after the thing, it's like, I'll watch anything else. <laughs> Just anything else, please. <laughs> okay, so going, circling back around to oddly watchable, I picked up from the library the 1979 classic, Dracula, starring, uh, oh shoot, what's that dude's name? He played Skeletor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... What is his name? I can see his face in my head. Yeah, yeah. Frank Langella. There we go. There. Yes. Yes, Frank Langella. Oh, man, remember Brain Scan? He was in that. No, I actually don't think I watched Brain Scan. Oh, Edward Furlong in his first starring role after Terminator 2? Yeah, say no more. I I just don't need to see that. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. It's so bad. Anyway, anyway, Dracula 1979. Uh, So apparently uh, they did a play of Dracula back in the like teens or 20s. And then they did a revival on Broadway in 77. And then this is the uh, the movie version of the Broadway revival of the old play. So it's kind of like they updated the, the setting to the modern day of when the play was written. So it takes place in 1913 for no particular reason whatsoever. And uh, for some reason, they switched Lucy and Mina's names because the guy who directed it just thought Mina was a dumb name. And so they made the Mina character Lucy and the Lucy character Mina. Because... Uh, but yeah, I, I like Gina didn't want to watch it. Gina was like, I, I, why are we watching this? I'm like, I remember this being oddly watchable. So we, we watched it and she was like, yeah, I went bad. It was oddly watchable. It was all right. It was, it was, it was, it was all right. And, uh, Dracula, like Frank Langella really didn't want to like do brand or Bella Lugosi or anything. So he played Dracula real differently, you know, just kind of like, kind of like a smooth guy. And uh, it suffers from that Dracula problem because it's like Dracula, phase one, get to England, phase two, phase three, profit. Like, like Dracula's plan in that seems to be like picking up ladies. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go to London and pick up some ladies. That's my plan. And it's like, that's kind of a dumb plan, Dracula. Like, you know, you go anywhere in Europe. I don't, I don't know why you had to go to England to do that. I don't know. But yes. Dracula's always doesn't really have a plan. But other than that, it was quite fun. I would recommend. Jonathan. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just finding something for you real quick. We're going to watch this together. What? We're going to watch this together. Well, it's... Why? why? What even is this? Because it's so good. Wait. Is it so good? or You're going to give me two minutes and nine seconds is what you're going to do. And you're going to be okay with that. Oh, is it a short film? when you're ready. It's a short film? I put it in the chat. The general one, apparently, because I'm an idiot and I don't know how to Discord. But aside from that... Oh, you gave me the trailer to Brain Scan? Why? Do it! Do it! I've seen the trailer to Brain Scan. Do it! (sighs) So I I cut out the, the two minutes that I wasted watching that preview. Thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome. That movie looks oh, terrible. Oh, God, it's glorious. All right, tell me about By Dawn's Early Light. Let's close out this little bit. So I, I, it popped up on my uh, Prime Video uh, feed as something I might like, probably because I keep watching 80s movies because it keeps suggesting them to me. I'm trapped in a forever loop at this point. Mm-hmm. But this was really good. I'd forgotten about this. This was an HBO movie. There's some cheesy 80s special effects because it was the 80s and making a nuclear explosion was hard without computers. But let me tell you, if you can look past the cheesy effects and the cheesy sets, that's a strikingly good movie. Hmm. Surprisingly good movie. 
it's it's somewhat terrifying, especially if you grew up in, during that time period and you remember the the fun that was living with um, nuclear bomb uh, threat. Did did they used to do the 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 nuclear bomb um, drills at your school? No, uh, because my school was close to three military bases and we were in the vaporized zone, so there wasn't really a point in duck and covering. You were just yeah. I mean, we should have probably. Well, we were definitely within that zone because we were next to seven different military bases. But yeah, they still insisted that we do it. Oh, uh, yeah, not I. We did earthquake drills. Maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, oddly enough, we did earthquake drills too, uh, but they were pretty much identical. And ev- even to the point where we asked the teachers once, like, what the hell the difference was, and they couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. No, in Southern California, you're just toast. There's too many military bases down there. I guess less so now. At least there were in the 80s. It's less so now. Yeah, that's true. Like El Toro's gone and a couple others. All right, Jonathan. uh, Tell you what, we're going to go up to uh, board games now because you and I have Seven Wonders and we're playing that on the internet again. Although everybody's being real slow. It's almost like it's a bunch of dads and a mom on there and there's kids and it's getting close to the holidays and things are just busy. So it's weird, right? Yeah. It's slow. <laughs> uh, is it my turn? Yeah. It's all your is turn. Is that what you're trying to that's, that's just, that's the song. Me. I seven wonders. I haven't played a board game. Although it's, it's Hold Christmas on. time. On. It's Christmas time. So I'll probably play something at grandma and grandpa's knowing me. Yeah. I took my turn. All right. Um, yes, we're playing seven wonders on the internet, which is great. I've been doing a lot of different play, uh, kind of preparing for some upcoming reviews. So I can't go too in-depth, but there is something new on the list I did want to talk about. Yeah, the Transformers Deck uh, Builder, because you got that last time. And I thought it I was did get I it. thought it was the CCG, which confused me, and then I realized there was a new product. So tell me how this is. So it's a, it's a new game from Renegade. Apparently they ma- made a deck-building engine that they're applying to a bunch of different games, because uh, I think there's a G.I. Joe one, too. Yeah, all those go together. I, yeah, yeah. But I got the Transformers one, and um, yeah, without going too much into depth, I'm finding it very interesting so far. And you know, I love me some deck builders. Yeah, it's funny. The RPG license went out at the same time, so ten bucks says it's Transformers, GI Joe, and Power Rangers because those are the the trinity of RPGs yes, coming. Those out. were the three. Those yeah. Were the how three, did I know? Absolutely. How did I know? What? What? And then um, continuing to play Unmatched, prepping for uh, reviews, and, and uh, as well as Ankh, which is the Eric Lang joint, and uh, has like some seriously gorgeous minis in it. Like, oh my god, when Simon pulls out the stops, they pull out the stops. Hell yeah! Um, and then a couple of new ones that uh, I picked up on on Black Friday. There was a deal, and I got a game called Sea of Legends that looks right up my alley. It's um, privateering on the high seas in of the Caribbean. Mm, 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 so I picked that up, and I'll let you know uh, once I've had a chance to dig into it a little more. Uh, and then also, my FLGS called me up, and something I had pre-ordered, mm, oh gosh, like six to nine months ago finally showed up. It's Dune. Right. Which Dune is this? A game of conquest and diplomacy. This is the Dune that we reviewed um, the the original game from the eighties mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in turbo form. This is kind of like uh, oh shoot, what's the name of that game? Dark Moon, I think is the yeah, name Dark, of the game. Dark Moon did the Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar Light. Yeah, this is basically Dune Light, except it retained its license. So it's Diet Dune. So same Dune taste, one less calorie. Or yeah, Diet or Dune. Or just one calorie. Like just one calorie. Yeah. Just one calorie. Yeah. Um, 
this is going to make for a really interesting review because they are basically the same game, except one of them has been updated and pared down to something more modern to make it play really, really fast. Hmm. So this will make for a really interesting conversation. I can't wait to have it. Uh, and then finally, I play a lot of Sideshow Swap with the kids. I know I've talked about it the last few episodes, but it's 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 got legs with the family. The family's really enjoying it, so we played a lot. And not to be outdone, but Ray was at PAX Unplugged and sending us pictures of stuff he saw, and you were just like, just I, the drool was coming out of my screen. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Ray, thank you for spending budget that I don't have. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about Brendan's new game. It was there. I mean, was he publicly showing it? I don't know if it was public or not. Okay, then don't. But the follow-up to Blitzkrieg that he played, Caesar, looks dope. Looks so dope. I'm way into that. Um, And then he showed us uh, Total War Rome, which looks amazing. And that's right up my alley. Also a big fan of the games, the video games that they're based on. Um, So yeah, uh, Gray, uh, pardon me, Gray. Ray, how dare you? Uh, and thank you at the same time. I don't know how else to put it. Let's phrase it like this. He saw Brendan up there and Brendan's working on stuff, but we don't know if we can talk about it. So we won't. Yeah. Brendan, let us know if we can talk about it because the picture that Ray sent us was really awesome and totally up my alley. Yeah. There you go. So totally, totally, totally. And if we can't say that you're working on stuff, then ignore what we just said. We, we said nothing right here. Yeah, nothing at all. We did not use the voice and tell you to tell us. Tell us. <laughs> all right, so now we spin the dial and we go to video games, and that closes us out. All right. Um, I've been pew-pewing. I noticed. A lot of pew-pew. A lot of pew-pew. Halo, right? Halo, uh, the single-player campaign came out. And let me just tell you, it's fantastic. I'm having a great time. Yeah, I've heard good things. You remember in the first Halo game when you emerge from the the crash pod and you're out on the Halo ring for the first time and you're like, oh my God, it's huge and I feel like I can go anywhere. Have you heard the fan theory about why everybody's dead in the pod? No, why? Because <laughs> Master Chief never strapped himself in and he weighs like 800 pounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he just beat everybody to death by bopping around the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Does that happen? But <laughs> no, Halo, Halo like cashes in on the promise of the very, very first Halo game. When you come out and look around on that ring and you're like, wow, I feel like I can go anywhere. Now you can literally go anywhere on the ring. It feels like it, it's amazing. Uh, and it's very freeing. And the grapple hook is so dope and it's super fun to play with. Yeah, sooner or later, I'm going to buy an Xbox. I'll, uh, I'll have to try that one out. Um, Game Pass, best deal in gaming. Uh, as far uh, I'm as aware. this humble, I'm aware. humble no. person is, con, con, uh, it, it, like, just so ridiculous. The, the Elder Scrolls Six or whatever the next one is, it's probably going to be Xbox only because, yeah, console sucks. So yeah, I'll probably because cash is king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because um, capitalism. And then play, playing a lot of Forza Horizon Five. Um, man, that is so much fun. It's it's cars in a free roaming world and you can get together with your buddies and be like oh look at that they put something up on that that roof how do you think we get up there and then you just spend the next 45 minutes doing dumb stunts trying to get up to this roof with a car like it's so much fun so you have dune on your list i do because did you see at the video game awards what they announced yeah i saw that did you actually play it uh no but i'm going to uh dune spice wars has been announced 
Um, so, so Jonathan, looks- this is the segment of games we played, not games that we're excited about. Shut your mouth. It's Dune. Okay. You know, Dune Watch is not over yet, Robert. I thought it was over we're, because we were watching. No, it's not over. It's not over. And, you want to know why it's watched, not over? We because now it's Dune Watch Part 2. Oh, yeah. <sighs> the sequel got greenlit, sucker. I know the sequel. You're got not out of it yet. I know the sequel got greenlit. I was happy about that. You're not out of this yet. The fir- Dune Watch the first continues. We don't know when it's coming out, so you can't, you can't, Shh. until you know what year it takes place in, I'm going to revoke your Dune Watch license. No, you you can't revoke my Dune Watch license. Because we got to know, is, is it it's Dune my Watch Dune 2024? Watch I, I don't know. I got nothing. Dune Watch continues. I've got board games. I've got video games coming. Yeah, like there's so much Dune. I'm almost in tears just talking about you it. You know, I forgot that I played this next one. I'm going to try to move you on. The Matrix Unreal demo was... Re- Holy crap. I, right? Wow. Like... Wow. That's a city, man. And you can go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It, yeah, it's so not much um, of a game <laughs> other than well, that. But it's not supposed to be. Right, right, but right. Yeah. It, it's 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 a tech demo essentially for Unreal Engine 5. And wow, video games have come a long way, Robert. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. It's nice. that engine is flexing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me show you what I can do. Oh, you think this is pre-rendered? <laughs> Zoom out. <laughs> It's 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 impressive. How about, you how can about, download it for free. Yeah, it's free. Just go try it. Go, yeah. It Matrix Unreal uh, tech demo. I, I I think that's what it's called. I don't know. You you'll be able to find it. It is wow. And if you don't have something that'll run it, then go watch some YouTube videos and then proceed to understand that you'll probably be budgeting for something that'll run it because wow, Unreal Engine Five is going to take a lot of the handcuffs off. Yep, yep, yep. So I've been pl- I played two games been still playing animal crossing because I, I i don't know why i like that game we had a music festival don't apologize for that yeah it's great yeah the, I, I i i beat the expansion basically i got the last event we had a music festival it was rad there were lasers and and bad techno it was everything i could have wanted in anything and then are you sure you weren't playing forza horizon <clears throat> 5 no and then i started uh i i came back to stellaris and i just kind of wanted to fire it up again and i kind of made a joke uh empire i made the i made the fremen just because because <laughs> i i don't know so my my guys started on desert world and i picked the background that they were a lost colony because it seemed appropriate and for whatever reason i lucked into a really really good playthrough and i'm i i'm getting close to the end of the game right now and it's interesting and the fremen now have four or five races that work for us and in a, in a big old like uh, militaristic and spiritual like, I don't know. I guess we're a military. No, we're we're a theocratic state. So there you go. But but all the aliens are welcome. You know, the Maudib does not does not the Maudib's light is for all, not just the Fremen. Your name is a killing word. Yes. Oh, dude, my name is a killing word, man. I I, I went to town on some people. It was rad. So, yeah, I would highly recommend Stellaris. That game is fun. Uh, it's especially fun if you don't play it like a 4X game, but you play it like a role-playing game. Because, you know, if you make up something and you're like, I'm going to play the freaking Borg, and I'm just going to do what the Borg do, and you can't get mad about, you know, committing some light atrocities and genocide, because it's just a game. You don't have to feel bad about it. Play the Borg. Uh, it's a lot more fun if you do that. I am all in on that Kickstarter. Which Kickstarter? Oh, the Stellaris board game? 
Uh, yes. So I'm excited because I, I do enjoy the PC game. I'm very curious to see how it translates. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be I, really I, well. I, I bit the bullet and bought all the console expansions. The expansions are a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. They were thinking April 2022, so I think it's fair to say it'll be at least October of next year because of all the different delays and stuff, which is not on them. It's just making board games sucks right now. Um, you know. Yeah. It's just the reality of, of pandemic life. Yeah, this looks really cool. Just looking over it again. Now I'm really excited again. I'm so happy that I backed it. Uh, all right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Is that it for everything? That's it for everything. I mean, we talked about Runaway. We talked about Brain Scan. Uh, it's still Dune Watch. Yeah, I'm thinking all the boxes are checked, buddy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The immortal words of uh, Mick Jagger. Let's do it. And get to our break. So we will be back in just a moment after we take a short break with our Wisdom of Crowds segment. And we'll see you in a moment. We love getting feedback. So please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find a link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at Forgot My Dice. And of course, you can email us at FMDPodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. Robert, this, this needs to stop. Listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Oh, God, I'm going to cut his cord. And it's now time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. That is, of course, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment. Where this week we don't really talk about a whole lot because there's not a ton of news, but there are hey, two I got, things. I got some breaking news. I got some breaking news. While we were between breaks, I was poking around checking my sites as usual, and friend of the show Michael Hall has released after long last this Defiant Earth, the complete game over on the Drive Through RPGs, and good on him. Oh, I'm stoked. Yeah, good on him. Like though, man, that guy. <laughs> That guy couldn't catch a break for literally six years. He was like our on episode three or something doing this. Like we play tested this on the air. Yeah, it was it was a while. It ago. was a while ago. Anyway, he has had a lot, but he stuck with it. God. Bless yeah, him. yeah, yeah. He had he had some problems, but unlike some other Kickstarters I've seen of role playing games, uh, his actually came out. So good. Good on you, Mike. Good on you. Thank you for that. And the cover is, is most excellent. This Define Earth, the 1950s sci fi role playing game. This is the complete edition with character creation rules and setting rules all in one go. So, yeah, I'm very happy he finished this. Congratulations, Michael. All righty. Well, I uh, am super excited because as of just a couple days ago, there was a news announcement from Blacklist Games. They have the Mega Man license and they are going to be making Mega Man Adventures. It's a cooperative game for one to four players, and it is uh, from the designers of Salvation Road and uh, Dark Dealings Dwarven Delve. Peter, and I'm probably going to screw this up, 
I'm sorry, Gaussis, Gooses, and Michael Kelly. In the game, you get to take on the roles of Mega Man and all of his allies as they battle against all of the robot masters presented by Dr. Wily. It looks awesome. Uh, what's really cool is it comes in a big box that looks like an NES cartridge, uh, which is dope. And it will have all the robot masters from Mega Man 1, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3. You can pre-order it now on the Blacklist website. So, Jonathan, there, there's a phrase that you shouldn't go poke in the dragon because sometimes it wakes up. I don't know how often we've reported on the continuing saga of, as they were calling it over on the end world, TSR 3.5. Oh, I, yeah, this is a saga. <laughs> oh my God, is this a saga? So basically, long story short, some guy uh, who made the, uh, who made the, uh, the spy game, uh, uh, top secret, top secret. He reincorporated TSR games, which was a little dodgy, but nobody did anything. And then he forgot to renew the trademark. So Ernie Gygax, one of Gary's kids, and some other dude, uh, picked it up, uh, swiped it out from under him. And, uh, and long story short, Ernie Gygax is a piece of work. Like he took on some Kickstarters and then went on an interview and didn't seem to realize that when you fund through Kickstarter, they're going to take like 10% of your money or 10% of the money is like a fee. He, he was like kept talking about how Kickstarter stole money from him. And it's like, what? And then he seemed to not understand that when you own a corporation, like you, the corporation pays taxes, <laughs> you know, little stuff, oops, little stuff. And you know, he, he said some stuff and blah, blah, blah. So just recently TSR 3.5 fired up into life again. Currently they are on Indiegogo trying to fund a lawsuit to get the disclaimer taken away from the front of like Oriental, or the Oriental Adventures and some of the early D&D source books that if you look at them now, they might be just a little bit racist, doing bad stereotypes and blah, blah, blah. And so they put a disclaimer in front of it, just saying like, you know, this has some bad takes that are old and blah, blah, blah. And Ernie took that to say that they are calling all of the old grognards racist. And it's like, no, dude, you read that and assumed they were talking about you. There's a slight difference. If you read about racist tropes and then go, they're calling me racist. <laughs> That's on you. That's you realizing that you're racist. Agreed. Anyway, so they're crowdfunding that. And then, and then they sued wizards. Uh, I, for, I, I don't know why, basically to get their trademarks back. And it was a really, really piss poor lawsuit. And there's been a lot of that in on the internet. And three days after they filed it, they unfiled it. Um, because they realized that if they lost, they'd have to pay lawyers fees and wizards has some expensive lawyers. And I guess wizards had enough cause wizards came out swinging and basically filed to get the TSR trademark dissolved because basically they own it. You know, the, the, the company that had it before had it for six years because it didn't matter. I don't think and they weren't, you know, trying to pretend they were wizards, but you know, Ernie, Ernie poked the beast a little bit too much and the beast is now woken up and is going to take TSR games away from him. And it's hilarious. Where do you think I'm putting my money? <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. Like I I've gone to the Indiegogo campaign and there's several people who have donated a dollar to it just to like just a troll. It's really funny. It's quite it's you know, quite amusing to read. That's dollar well spent as far as I've concerned. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it it's it's all just a scam. They're, don't don't give them money. They're just gonna take it. They're just doing the oh oh woe is us. We're we're, we're such a put upon and, and the big corporations picking on us. And it's like, no, dude, you are just making up stuff to try to get money. And it's not even working all that good. Last time I checked, he had like $900 and he wants like several thousand to pay for this lawsuit. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, $900 to a lawsuit is basically like ordering an appetizer at a restaurant. It's not going to fill you up, and it's certainly not going to do... No, no, no. So anyway, uh, N-World has a lot of really good coverage of the, of the lawsuit, if you want to read it. It is kind of... It's it's just kind of amazing to see these people just wreck themselves. Like, it just the self-ownage is, is hysterical. Because... Oh... Oh, like the breakdown this guy on Twitter did of the, of the lawsuit is just is just exquisite, like of of the one that they filed. It's it's such amateur hour nonsense. It's so good. That's the end of the news, which means it's now time for a king in all things. Welcome, welcome, welcome to part nine in our thirty nine part series, a king in all th- a king in all things, where we are watching Stephen King movies based on novels and novellas in order of their release along with the occasional extra. But right now, we are in novella territory, right? In the mid-80s, the release of... this Was was this nominated or did it win an Oscar? I think it got nominated. I don't think it won anything. Stand By Me from 1985. Uh, it was nominated for quite a few things, but it won nothing. So there you go. All right, so... Made for a budget of $8 million, it made $56 million, which I think is the largest haul of a Stephen King movie to date. Yeah, directed by Rob Ryder. So this this movie was, it was weird to watch because like I, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years would be my guess, maybe more. Yeah, I'd say easily the same for me. Yeah, yeah. I remember really liking it when I was a kid because I really strongly identified with Will Wheaton's character. Oh, I guess we should say the plot. Uh, it's about four boys in the 1950s who go on basically a road trip up some train tracks to see a dead body. Cause I, apparently that's what you did in 1956. And it's, I, I, th- I want to say it's the inspiration for the wonder years. Cause it's got a very similar concept where the beginning of the movie takes place now in 1985. <laughs> and it's about a guy like thinking about his childhood and writing a story about it and narrating it kind of like the wonder years. He's, he's a, he's a writer now. He's a professional. Writer. Right. Right. But yeah, but it's narrated like the wonder years. Like I, I don't know. Maybe the two were in, uh, cause the wonder years came out really around this time too. So maybe they were both in the cooker at the same time, but still it had a very similar vibe, but yeah, yeah. I, I really identified with Will Wheaton's character. He plays the writer as a boy and uh Yeah. Yeah, so I I have really thick rose-colored glasses for this movie. It's really hard for me to see its faults because I I have a lot of fond memories of it. It's I guess it's kind of like uh, we were talking about that with you last time. I mean, this wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. It was actually quite good. I just thought it had some pacing issues is all. It's got a weirdly slow pace, which I guess matches what the characters are going through. But I don't know. I feel like it could have lost about 10 minutes of exposition. Just feels like it meanders sometimes. That's all. But that said, I mean, like it, it's very well put together and the characters are all very fleshed out, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Arguably, I'd say it's probably. I like arguably it's probably the one of the best movies we've watched so far. I, I was talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tackling some tough stuff too, like PTSD uh, with the 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 Corey's father. Yeah. Yeah. The other Corey. The other and, Corey's in this one. Yeah basically like getting pigeonholed into whatever class you were born into and things like that. I mean, like it's, there's some serious, serious, serious themes here. And the, the cast is really, I mean, especially for kids, it's exemplary. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Also, I didn't realize that this was uh, a sequel to lost boys 
or it was Kiefer Sutherland during the 80s just always pale? I don't know. No, no. They, yeah, it was. It had to have been a prequel because Lost Boys came out in 87 or 88 or 89. There you go. There you go. He's also basically playing the same character. That's true. That's true. It's it's ye stereotypical Stephen King bully. Yeah. It's that trope yet again. <sighs> Regardless. Something tells me we have uh, stumbled into something of Stephen King's past. <laughs> yeah, I'll... Well, he, he's working some things out. Yeah, well, he full on said the leeches bit is straight from something that happened to him in his childhood. So, oh, that part was uncomfortable. <laughs> also, I think this, this this has got to win some kind of award for the amount of projectile vomit per minute. <laughs> it's it's weird watching this now because like I don't remember it being so casually misogynist and vulgar. At the time, I remember thinking the dialogue was actually pretty pretty straight on for how me and my friends talked because you know it was the eighties. We were I don't know about casual misogyny, but we were definitely vulgar. But yeah, I Oh yeah. No, we were we were definitely vulgar too. And I mean this this movie primarily takes place in fifty nine, right? If I remember. Or fifty eight, something like that, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of casual misogyny and there's a lot of questionable phrasing. But I also think that as a snapshot of that time period that was accurate, whether or not it it's 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 good to do today I, I i think it's important to call it out but i do think it is an accurate snapshot of the way people thought and acted during that time yeah i'd say that uh it takes place during labor day weekend of uh 59 <clears throat> yeah i don't know what to say about it it's it's really good it I, it's surprisingly good it held up i I'm, I'm glad about that it's got its problems but yeah i don't know I don't know what else to say. There's not there's not Yeah, there's not much to say negative about it beyond what we've already called out. I mean, like it's it it is a it's a story about some some kids that are all messed up in different ways and uh I mean like I think everybody identifies with one of those characters at some point in their life. Yeah, true. True. I think that's representative of a lot of the difficulties that kids go through and I think that's why this this movie has kind of stood the test of time because a lot of people identify it with it when they're young and then go back to it. So circling around to things that we've talked about before, I was reading about the making of this film. And one thing that got brought up is uh, the good old Twilight Zone movie had, had occurred by this point. And because of that, uh, they had really cracked down on what you could do with children in movies. <laughs> and so filming the train bridge scene, they were talking about how much more of a chore it was. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that if this was like made in 83, they would have just driven a train at children on a bridge? <laughs> like, is that is that what's going on? Yes, here? that's literally what they would have done. Uh, apparently that is what they did, but they it was very slow and they got a special lens to make it look like the train was much closer than it actually was. But oh, my gosh, like I, I was just reading about that and like all the effort they had to put into that train scene because of the Twilight Zone movie. I'm like, oh, are, are you lamenting that the alternative was, man, I miss those days when we could just dangerously drive a locomotive at children because come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, speaking of how the times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 80s for you, right, though? Like that that is a snapshot of the 80s, just sort of assuming everything would go to plan and then, you know. So I, I, I read um, quite a few years ago that Stephen King thought that this was the first time one of his books was accurately translated. Yeah, yeah. I'd read the same thing. Uh, at, when Rob Reiner was screening it with them, he was like shaking and, and he, he thought he messed up. And then Stephen King was like really happy afterward and said, this is like the best one. And he was like, oh, thank God. He was he was being emotional. But on the other end, not not that not not trembling with rage, trembling with good. And, and I, I don't say this as a negative to Rob Reiner, but. 
not a tough bar to crack <laughs> based on our list so far. Just throwing that little factoid out there. No. Speaking of speaking of the list, uh, let's go to the list right now and, and figure out where this sucker nestles. Yeah, Gina and I were talking a lot about does this beat The Shining, and it's like I I I'm aware I have those rose colored glasses of it. Like I I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't think it does, and the reason why is because The Shining. This has a, a core issue with with pacing, and it definitely has a core issue with um, meandering rather than getting to the point. And, and it, it's not that they're using the time to build the characters more because they're not. Sometimes it's just long beauty shots. And honestly, the, the you, voiceover but you from can't the tell me just kind of awkward. Sometimes you can't like, tell me that, that The that Shining didn't have long beauty shots. I mean, come on, that entire opening scene it does, but it's all part of the construction of tension i would argue the entire opening credit shot which is a long tracking shot with with the musical notes going up the mountain i don't know man like i i, I don't have the same pacing issues as I, I do with this one i feel like with the shining everything is is a tool for the the building of tension I would agree. I'm just saying all of the things that you're saying that this movie fails at, The Shining totally does. Now, you could say that it actually gets them right, which is fair. I, I definitely think this is better than Salem's Lot because the characters are so real. But I think that if we're if we're making a list of the movies in terms of their cinematic quality, I think The Shining still shows more chops as a cinematic masterpiece than than this. This is a character masterpiece. I'll I'll uh, I'll let it slide. It's how about can we call so, it a close second? And I'll be happy with that. Uh, oh yeah, no, absolutely a close second. But I think it's clearly over Salem's Lot. But I don't think it quite gets to The Shining yet. All right, so uh, you can always reach this um, spreadsheet online if you want. Do we have it publicly? Yeah, I, I posted on the Discord a while ago. Okay. I can post it again. We'll go ahead and post the link to this on Discord again. If you're curious about how the list is shaping up, uh, it's currently nine movies long. With the top three being The Shining, Stand By Me after today, and Salem's Lot. And the bottom being Cujo and Carrie, because hey, dear you know, God. Quite won. honestly, though, we, we're nine movies in, and the top five are actually legitly pretty good. Shinings. Yes, agreed. Yeah. But the bottom four are, oh, wow. Okay, okay. Christine, Christine's iffy, so it's the bottom three. <laughs> Christine's not bad. It, it's, yeah, not well, okay. it's not great. It's not great, but it's not bad. So... I mean, we talked about the issues that Christine has, but let's face it. Christine is like when you wade out into the ocean a little too far and you're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm uh, I'm a little uncomfortable here. I'm a little too deep. Maybe I need to start going back. Uh, Firestarter is taking an extra step and realizing that you've now fallen into uh, the abyss. I disagree. I think you inadvertently stepped into the most boring room in the world because that movie is dull. Well, don't forget, because you're going to hit Firestarter on the way down, but you still got to get... Through Cujo and through Carrie to hit the bottom. <laughs> so, like, let's not forget that that is a descending scale, Robert. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. C Christine, if it's a curve, Christine is still pretty high on the curve. I, I'll, yeah, anyway. I, I don't want to say that Christine's in the bottom four. I think that does Christine a disservice. It's not that bad. It's, it's a little boring and it's not, it's got some weird issues, but it's not bad. Like Firestarter. Oh, but it, it's definitely on the bottom of the list. I, I would agree. I'm just saying. Now, I got to say, the next one is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, next, now, next up is The Running Man. 
and, and here's why it's interesting, Robert, because the running man is like prime 80s machismo. And it's also been easily 15 to 20 years since I've seen it. And I'm wondering how it holds up. <laughs> and man, I got questions. I got questions and I'm genuinely excited about seeing it. Like, I am very curious if this holds up. And I also wanted to point out that we are closing in dangerously quick on the lawnmower. Man. <laughs> that is coming. That is coming. I can't wait to hate watch that. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. But yeah, uh, also, uh, The Running Man is on HBO, so we don't have to pay money this time. So that's nice. Although we should watch it before January because it might the month might roll over. It might go away. <laughs> that has happened to us. It was on Paramount Plus. And you want to hear, do you want to know what gives me the red ass, Jonathan, after we paid for Silver Bullet? It's back on Paramount Plus. Oh, shut up. Really? Yeah, it was gone for like nine days and it was just the nine days we needed to see it. <laughs> Honestly, I might rewatch Silver Bullet having just watched Cycle of the Werewolf or just watched, just read Cycle of the Werewolf. Nice. Um, so yeah, next up is Running Man. So yeah, here's how we start off the, the year next year, gang. We're going to start off with The Running Man. Where then we're going to swing into Pet Cemetery and Misery. And Misery in particular, I'm wondering how that holds up because it has been a minute since I saw it. And I remember being absolutely terrified of it. Okay, okay. So I got to I gotta share the story now because it's the correct time of year. So <laughs> I, I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you about my childhood here, Jonathan. So uh, on Christmas Eve Eve, I think, or Christmas week, uh, my mom and I were down at the old video store looking for a movie to watch for our, our Christmas Eve dinner. And uh, the movie we chose was Misery. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we both wanted to see it. it. It was pretty new at that point. It just came out on video. And we were sitting there and we were hemming and hawing about it and uh, going like, should we get this movie? Should we not get this movie? And at the end of the day, we both just kind of decided, you know what? We, we legitimately both want to see this movie. We heard it was really good. So it's not a great Christmas movie, but you know what? Whatever, you know, we'll, we'll just do it because it's something we want to do. And then the next year <laughs> we're, we're at the video store and we can't decide what to get. Cause it's just all trash at that point. Like it was just garbage across the board. So it came up like, do we want to rent misery again? Maybe make this a tradition. And Jonathan, uh, to my dear departed mother and me, it became a Christmas tradition to watch misery for a few years. And I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I've got some Christmases at home that fit that. that <laughs> so I don't know. Watch, watching Misery is going to be weird, man. It's going to be weird. I literally haven't watched it since my, my mom passed away. Like, or since those Christmases, to be honest with you. So that that's going to be a little rough for me. So, so it, Misery was, I, I took a, a trip with my school to the East Coast for history and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, as you do sometimes when you're young. Right. And I, I have a distinct memory of watching like the same five minutes of misery because it was on one of the pay-per-view channels and you could watch like four minutes of a movie for free before they charge you. <laughs> and so like every time we got back to the room, we'd watch the same four minutes of, of misery. Don't ask me why it was a thing. So there's four minutes that I know intimately well. Nice. Nice. Pet Cemetery, Misery and the Lawnmower Man. That's a good trilogy. Yeah, after right there. Misery, we get the Longmore Man, the Dark Half, which is going to be weird because that's a George Romero one, right? Yeah, it's also real bad. Yeah, I'm I'm 
genuinely excited about that uh, being a a, a per, you know strong chance of hitting the bottom of the list. <laughs> um, and then Shawshank Redemption, which I mean, there's there's an Oscar caliber movie. Yeah, that's gonna be weird to put in the tier list. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how it ages. I'm curious because it's like Shawshank Redemption was a big deal when it came out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then thinner apt pupil. Oh man, apt pupil was whew, that was intense, man. I remember seeing that in theaters. That was intense. I never saw it, so I'm excited. Oh really? Yeah. Oh Robert, like I ha- I mean, like it's tough to watch because of the subject matter, but my goodness, like what a performance for me and McKellen. Yeah, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's half the reason I want to do this. There's some very good films on this that I yeah. haven't seen. And then, and then there's Mile, some garbage. Hearts in Atlantis, and then your your beautiful garbage ridden scow of a terrible film, Dreamcatcher. Hey man, the Dreamcatcher's got got a place in my heart. I, I cannot speak ill of it, even though it, it's 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 real bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not care. You know what? You know what? I will give I will give the Dreamcatcher. I will I will hand it. I think this. it's Christine bad. I'm gonna call it Christine. No, because it's not boring. That. It's not boring. And if if we if we tanked Firestarter and Cujo for being boring, Dreamcatcher is not boring. It's just real so you bad. Think it's Silver Bullet bad? No, it's worse than that. <laughs> no, it's, it's so, bad. Yeah, I'm saying so, it's Christine bad. Oh, I, oh yeah, Chris, oh, I thought you said Carrie bad. I was I was no I, no. I said it's Christine bad. Christine. Okay, I'll give it Christine bad. I, I actually think Christine's I think it's better. worse. I think it's going to be worse than we remembered. Uh, I've watched it recently because my 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 buddy Robert died. So yeah, uh, it it. it it, it is worse than Christine. It is definitely not the bottom of the pack, though. Again, it's not boring. That, that is Lord, the worst this, mistake this you can make. goes on forever, by the way. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. That's, like, maybe the first six to nine months of next year. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's, uh, let's move on. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our king in all things. Join us next time for The Running Man. And I'm not just talking about the 90s dance craze. Yeah, I'm that old. Yeah, I I don't think I ever saw The Running Man. I I've, I've seen bits of it because it was on Channel 13 all the time, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Like, so we had HBO around that time, um, and I remember that it was on HBO for like six months solid, and so I watched <laughs> the living daylights out of it. Nice. I can't because wait because in the 80s. In- in the 80s, it was totally normal and okay for your nine-year-old to be watching an R-rated movie about a death game. <laughs> Truth. Mind you, this was brought to us by the same parents that took me to see RoboCop in the theaters, Die Hard, Die Hard 2. It was a weird time, gang. If you're if you're not of our age, growing up in the 80s was really strange as a parent in the 2020s. Well, they made toys out of everything. Yeah, man, that's no joke, including R-rated movies. Which yeah, is Robo- really RoboCop had toys, Alien and Aliens Dude, had toys. They made they made RoboCop into a friggin' cartoon. Well, yeah, they toned the violence down in that, but, like, the RoboCop original movie had toys attached to it. Like, and Rambo. Rambo had toys. Not, not the Rambo oh, yeah. cartoon. The Rambo cartoon came out because of the toys that were already out for the Rambo movie. Just saying. Surreal. It yeah. was a different time. All right, all right. You're in the life. You're in the life. Oh man, I'm re- I'm genuinely excited about running, man. I got to tell you, I'm <laughs> genuinely excited about this. In dystopian America, a falsely convicted policeman gets his shot at freedom when he must forcibly participate in the TV game show. No, where no spoilers. No spoilers. Runners, 
No spoilers. I want to go in blind, man. I want to go in blind. Spoiler. I don't want to. I don't care about the bag of the box. I want to go in blind. I I have fuzzy memories, and that's all all I want. I'm excited. excited. Like I didn't remember he was a police officer. Spoiler. Thank you. Moving on. It's now time for a year in the life segment. That is, of course, where we take a look at what we deep dove a year ago and talk a bunch about it. Wow. Last a year ago was the anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 100. Fair dinkum. It was our AMA. And apparently we're behind. So we're also doing episode 101 saluting 2020 with both hands. Hey, you know what? We're going to get to do the same thing for 2021. Yeah, I, I'm really struggling with which year was worse. <laughs> I, I think as bad as 2020 was, I got to tell you, 2021, I'm starting to hit the, the wall of like um, exhaustion from it all. Yeah, no, I, I hit that a while ago. And let's not forget that we had insurrection year this year. So, you know, we got that going for 2021, too. I feel like I, I feel like 2021's in the lead right now. Yeah, yeah, because you want to know you want to know what's really the problem with 2021 compared to 2020. I think 2020. I think 2021 has been like way more in a way dull because like it's all the same awful crap from 2020 and it just hasn't stopped. It's just still here. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong. It's still just moseying along, and it's like this is this is great, you know. You know what some mother told me uh, the other day? It was a young kid. I was talking to him about video games. You know what he says? What does he say? So what was it like, you know, playing all those games in the late 1900s? That's funny. That's actually real funny. I. That's good. That's that. that, that, I came very close to physical assault. Yeah. No, I could see that just just getting you right, like shanking you. Like. Part of me inhaled like, <gasps> you know, when your when your hand goes to your chest and your mouth won't stop making the O face. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then part of me was like, don't make me start quoting Rage Against the Machine while I beat you within an inch of your life. I think I was offended, Robert. I would be. I would be. Insolent peasant. The late 1900s. Who says that? Who says that? It's pretty funny. It, that's that's good. That hurts. Who says that though? Oh, Who? oh, that's good. I mean, that's just that's that's gross. Why would you ever say that while people are still alive? <laughs> that's that's the stuff you say when they're dead. <laughs> like if my grandkid said that about me after I was dead. Well, you know, he just said that because he was raised in the late 1900s. That's okay. I'm dead. I don't care. I'm not that old. I'm 44. How dare you? Late 1900s. It might break my hip, but I'll still kick your ass. All right. So what was going on then? Oh, Jonathan, you know, you know what? Uh, we're at a year anniversary of two. The classic James Bond movie, Die Another Day. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that explains all the John Wick and Mission Impossible movies I watched to like try to purge that from my cleanse the palate yeah yeah that explains a lot (laughs) what a hot mess wow what a hot mess yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah good times good times you watched gemini man apparently right around then or maybe i did i don't know i still haven't seen that actually yeah i think it was you oh will smith oh god that was terrible yeah that was rough (laughs) i never did finish that i couldn't i couldn't it was that bad and and god love us 
As of December, what was this? When did this episode come? December 22nd of last year, we were still talking about Zardoz because we still got a tag for that. God bless us. That no, movie's great. Zardoz! Yeah. Mm. Mm. Magnifique. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the time of Zardoz is at hey. the end. This is the end of the Zardoz tag. Zardoz speaks to you, his chosen ones. <laughs> Indeed he do. Indeed he do. <laughs> the gun is good. <laughs> the gun is good. Yes. We will not say the, the next line. We're trying to stay PG-13. What? The penis is evil? <laughs> the penis shoots seeds and makes new life and poisons the earth with the plague of men as once it was? Yeah. But the gun shoots death and purifies the earth of the filth of brutals. Go forth and kill. Oh, my God, Jonathan. You know what, what the beauty of that mess. movie is? You know what the beauty of that movie is? It's awful. Like, it's it's real bad. Like, it's hard to watch real bad. But after you watch it and after you process it, man, do you have some of the best stories about just the insanity that is that movie? They, just, they don't make enough drugs to make it through that movie making any kind of sense. No, it's not supposed to, man. It just is. It just is. And that's the beauty of it. And I love it for it. All right, let's 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 do our final segment, sir. Zardoz, or proof that uh, cocaine does not belong in the approval process of movies. Uh, it's, dude, that's in the probable process of a ton of movies. Are you kidding me? So oh, many hey, movies. Hey, man, you're talking to the guy who owns Auto Man and um, Manimal on disc. So, yeah, like, <coughs> I get it. Cocaine is a bad idea when approving a project. <laughs> or the best idea. Because <laughs> do you think Brain Scan gets approved on, on not on cocaine? You shut your mouth, that's cinematic <laughs> genius, Robert. <laughs> right. It probably isn't. That's that's 1,000% probably a hate-filled, lie-filled statement. But I'm going to go back and watch it with you once you get it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got away with it once, just not talking about it again, and you forgot. I, I'm hoping I can do that again. What was the other one? It was brain scan. This is not the first time we've had this conversation. No, I know. Is it not? No, and I just, oh. I just, I just stopped talking about it. And I hoped you'd forget that, that you, you did until now. I'm making, a, I'm making a calendar event now. <laughs> <laughs> calendar. Oh God, it's almost forty minutes, John. They get us out of this segment. Just come on. Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm setting it so that every Friday at five p.m. Remind Robert about brain scan. Um, let's see. Repeat, uh, every, oops, not every day. That's, that's too much. Every week. Uh, and repeat never. Okay. Add. You can make this pain go away, Robert. All you need to do is watch the film, Robert. Well, I'm not paying for it. I'm oh, not. look, whether you use cash or, or not, that's not, uh, you know, that's not where this is going. You're going to pay for it. Maybe it's a slice of your soul, but you're going to pay for it. You're not getting out of this clean. Well, it's not available for free on anything. You have to pay $3 for it, and I ain't paying $3 for it. So there you go. No, you're going to get it from your library. No, it's not at the library. It's gone. Oh, it's that bad? It's God, gone. that's good. That's good. Brendan, Brendan, Library Brendan uh, saved me on that one because it was there, but it's not anymore. So he purged it, and I... Well, Library Brendan needs to get it back. <laughs> <laughs> Who stole your copy of Brain Scan? Wait, Ma does the library, uh, you know, the, do they accept gifts? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I don't know how that works. 
Because there is. Um, well, I've got great news. Uh, I'm more than willing to donate Brain Scan on Blu-ray, even to your library. Brendan, let me know what I need to do. W- here. Would you like me to get you his email address so you could set this up? I mean, I'm kind of there. All right, I'm flirting with this idea. All right, I'll get you his email address. I mean, it would be cheaper for me to just give you three dollars to watch the damn thing on <laughs> movie, but. There is a certain amount of joy knowing that uh, somebody else will get sucked into this, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, is it an evil plot? Yes. But will it give me smiles? Also, yes. Let me think this through. All right, moving right along. What were we talking about? <laughs> you were talking about ending this stupid segment so we can move on to the end of the show. All right, stupid segment's ended. All right, moving right along into uh, break time. It is break time. So when we return, it'll be time for our annual prediction show. That is, of course, where we look at uh, the next year and we make some bold predictions based on nothing but um, really nothing but our ridiculous, wacky thought process. And we're generally pretty far off. And then we will spend a solid episode next time uh, begging each other for um, a viewpoint that says, yeah, you were right enough to get a point in our imaginary scale. So we'll talk about that more after the break. We'll be right back. Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And welcome back from the break. It is now time for our predictions for 2022. This is, of course, part of our annual cycle of lunacy and me winning. Uh, I believe I won last year. I believe that was in contention. There was an asterisk. Uh, Don't be the Astros. The asterisk was, did the Rise of Skywalker uh, stick the landing? It's a cinematic masterpiece, Robert. Really, let's not waste any more time on That's funny, because one year ago today, you watched that, and you said that... uh, I'm sorry, Senator, I have no recollection at this time. That's funny, I can send you the clip. I'm sorry, Senator, I have no recollection at this time. I don't really want to go look up the clip, because I've got to edit this and prep for Night's Black Agents. I'm sorry, Senator, I have no recollection at this time. Uh, Okay, we're going to do this. Look, this is what... This is what Tom Clancy books taught me. That that phrase gets you out of everything. It did not work when I was a child. That's Uh, neither here nor there. last time. So you're saying Rise of Skywalker is a cinematic masterpiece and it stuck the landing. It's the best movie of the trilogy. Are you going to go on the record and say the Rise of Skywalker is the best movie of the trilogy? I can't. Thank you. It's so bad. I won last time. Cheers, mate. Asterix. Um... It's so bad, though. It really was bad. Uh, that's what I was saying when I said I won, and you disagreed with me, and then it was like, well, it's subjective, and then your subjectivity went out the window when you watched it a second time. Just saying. Yeah, it... Uh, anyway, the rules. We gotta be able to score it, which, you know, whatever. We, we always come up with a way. We will score it on a five-point scale. You could get a bonus six point for, or actually, it's a bonus ten points because we we changed that. I remember that we 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 made that issue. If you you get a bonus ten points if you go really specific because five six points was just not enough to make the gamble worth it. Uh, but the other person must agree that it's worth ten points to get the ten points. 
If you're wrong, it's worth nothing. You can make a counter prediction if you believe the other player is wrong, which you can also go for the 10th point. And we will have three rounds, unless, of course, we decide to go to four, because sometimes we do that, and sometimes we forget. I have four right now, so we'll see if we forget. <laughs> I, I've written four down, but sometimes in the midst of things, I'll think of a better idea and go with it. So we'll see how this goes. All right, all right, all right. Who goes first? You're, the, you're I am, I'm but the meager co-host. You go first. All Round right. one. All right. So uh, I mentioned earlier how good this uh, Formula One season was. Mm-hmm. So big deal for next year is that they're completely changing the regulations. Mm-hmm. This happens every so often, every few years. And every time they do it, it's kind of funny because they're like, oh, this is going to make the racing better. And inevitably, like, a combination of things will happen. The teams will figure out ways to subvert the regulations and, and basically, like, nothing changes. It's still, you know, hard for the cars to pass because they get caught up in each other's aerodynamic wake. It's the whole thing. So I'm going to make the prediction that the big rollout of the new F1 regulations will not fundamentally change F1 and passing and driving near each other will still be difficult. I agree. Oh, you agree? Yes. <laughs> so where do we go from here, Robert? Do you want to get more specific and go for those 10 points and try to try to paint yourself into a corner where I, I stop agreeing with you? Or do you want to just let it ride and us both get points? I will also say that there will be a surprise team that overperforms based on their 2021 season, which is to say that if you're not a fan of F1, there are two very, very ultra dominant teams. And then there are a couple of teams that are also, you know, kind of like top of the heap of the also rans. And then there's a couple of teams that sit at the very bottom of the heap and are just they struggle every weekend. And I'm going to say that one of those teams will overperform and surprise everybody because part of the new regulation change is a cost cap that all teams have to have basically a maximum budget. So I think that's going to allow an underperforming team to overperform this year. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. You got to go deeper, man. You got to go deeper. That's pretty freaking deep. I, I, I don't know. It sounds plausible. <laughs> I know next to nothing about F1, but the way you just described it, it sounded good. Especially with the, the cost cap. That that actually evens out a playing field quite a bit. Because if you're a crappy team, if your budget's the same, you know, you, you got to find the cheap parts, I guess. I don't know. It seems I mean, I plausible. Really? You, do it. Do it. If you don't want to share the points, just go into the weeds. I think that... I don't know how I go deeper based on this line of thought, though. Not, then then just let it ride. Let me let me think about this for a moment. Yeah, I guess I'll just I'll let it ride at this one. This is our first one. I don't want to go too deep too early. I'm going to I'm right. just going to leave it there. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that one. So, Dungeons and Dragons is having a 50th anniversary edition, but it is due out in 2024, not next year of 2022. But a major design goal of the update will be stated out loud to fix level I have it here as 11 plus. They might make it 12 plus High, higher level play. Uh, Cause a lot of D and D adventures stop at level 12. That's usually where they cap out these days. Cause North of that things get wonky, uh, but they're going to try to fix that. Things don't get wonky. They basically break. Yeah. It, it's yeah. And so they will release play test material for the upper tier of play, whatever they decide that is it, 
11 plus, 12 plus, 13 plus. I'm not sure what they'll call it, but you, you get the idea. Uh, this, by the end of 2022. Hmm. And there's been no rumors of this? Uh, there's been very little. They mentioned it's coming out, and then they mentioned there would be more, but that is all oh, they've so they really said about it. they have said it's coming. Yeah, yeah. They've said the 50th, an- no, they've said the 50th anniversary edition is coming out, and sure. that more info will be forthcoming. And that is pretty much all they have said, because they have been focusing on the, the product releases. But they, they, what I'm asking is, have they made any mention of the high-level Not to my knowledge, and I've been, I'm on several Reddits, and I keep an eye on these things. I... I'm going to disagree. Okay. All right. Because I think that's a very specific audience, and I don't know that it's got enough pull to, to get their attention. All right. I'm down. I'm down. By the way, for your last one, because you went really specific, I, I, I think we're in 10-point range for that one. You, that, was, that was pretty in the weeds. I'm, I'm just saying. If, that, if that's your intention, I, I will be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my intention. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, you're next. Because let me tell you, if you were to look at the last six seasons, you'd see pretty much the same spread. Yeah, but that budget, man, that's a good point. I like that. I, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole brand new car design plus a budget cap. That's that's gonna inherently, in my opinion, shake things up. All right, all right. Your second one. Your second one. Okay, my second one. I think Marvel movies are gonna lose some steam this year, uh, coming year. Oh, I tried to do this a couple of years ago, and I well, actually, I was right. But I was right because the pandemic. <laughs> well, but that right, right. I, I, what, how about this? I, we will not do it by money because I don't think they'll catch no. up in money. But I, I, we, we got to figure out a way to measure this. But I think sentiment will go down, and I think that the 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 Marvel franchise will lose steam. I, I said last time about the whole Deadpool and the parody thing. I, I am inclined to agree with that. So how do we measure this? That's a real question. Um, uh, I, I would say Metacritic scores in general, like the average. You mean like user scores or? Yeah, like user scores. Yeah. Because yeah, not, user not score and review score, vastly different. Vastly things. different. No, I'm talking user score. If, okay, if, and can if, we agree that if something gets review bombed because it irritates the internet, because that happens, that we can remove disregard. that from the, from the, the running? I, I, I will agree with that. Review because, bombs are stupid. Because Captain you, Marvel got that. Yeah, that yeah, and Captain Marvel was not nearly as bad. Yeah, they're sometimes completely unfair because Captain yeah. Marvel was super fun. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah, I think I think that it's going to lose some steam and I think that the Metacritic will show it. And I think that, you know, the franchise is kind of peaked and now it needs to go into a valley. I'm not saying that it won't peak again, but I don't know that it's this year. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to slip downward. What What are even the releases this year? Uh, Doctor Strange 2, uh, there's a lot because they're catching up. Uh, it's like Doctor Strange 2, uh, I don't know. Oh, man. It's, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's see here. Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. That's going to get delayed. The the lady in it got pretty seriously injured, and then she's also not taking a vaccine, so there that might, be, uh, that might get bumped. Morbius... Morbius doesn't count. That's Sony. Uh, they're making it count. If you've watched that trailer, yeah, I still say it doesn't count. It's not a Marvel. It's I not would, a Marvel. I movie. would say Morbius is out. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Two is out. Yeah, because that comes out this year, so that's fair. Well, not just that, but it's not also not part of the. Um, that's oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Anime. I was thinking of uh, Far No Way Home. No Way Home also doesn't count because it comes out this year. Yeah, no, No Way Home is a 2021 release. So it looks like what we'll have to go for is 
Thor Love and Thunder. It's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Looks like maybe Black Panther gets delayed. It's looking like it. And then there'll be at least one... Um, God, that's tough, man, because that Black Panther movie was awesome, and I think people really want to go back to that that universe, that particular universe. I'd agree. But I... And Thor, I, Love, and Thunder I mean, it may surprise me, but everything I've heard about it is there's going to be a pretty significant delay on it. And it could be longer if they just, if the, the lead lady decides not to get a vaccine and they decide to just cancel filming for a while because of that, so... yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Um, I just, th- I, I, you know, I'm not saying that they aren't gonna make a metric ton of money, but I do think that sentiment is gonna go down. How much will sentiment go down by? Okay, so the Eternals got pretty low, but everything else seems to. Well, this is reviews, not. Okay, user score on Shang Chi was seven point one, six point six for the Eternals, and five point nine for Black Widow. What? I already feel like it's starting. I think it'll go down 5% from this year's average. All right. 5%. I'll take... Uh, okay. I'll... Uh, 5%. I'm right I, on the I bubble I think about Thor, that. Love, and Thunder will do really, really well. But I think Agreed. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, regardless of the quality of the film, will pull it down. 5%. I, I, I'll... You're going to have to go deeper to get me not to agree with that. I could see 5%. Yeah, that's all I'm willing to give. If we had a better understanding of if Black Panther was coming out this year, I would maybe be able to go deeper. But we have to include the TV series, too. Okay. They've got four TV series coming out this year. 5% with the TV series. Okay, I'll disagree on the TV series then. So, okay, you can have that. I think 5% including the TV series. Is that what you're saying? It'll go. Yes. The average. uh, Okay. Okay. All right, I'll let- I, as much as I enjoy the Marvel TV shows, I think people are getting burnt out, man. All right. My second pick is the D&D movie will be above average as movies go. We'll, we'll say it's all right. You know, whatever. Uh, however, since it is likely an action comedy, the general consensus and complaints will be it feels like playing D&D, but it doesn't feel like D&D. Do you get the difference? Like, it's going to get really meta, and so it's going to feel like live-action player people like talking like players at a table. So I'm kind of guessing the plot. Instead of it being, like, actually like a fantasy movie, it's going to be kind of meta. Does that make sense? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. But you people know will one compl- of the directors is the guy that played... Um... Sweets, yeah, I know who did it. I, and and they, they directed Game Night and all that. I know who they are. I'm going to keep it up on this. I don't know what what this means for the property. I think this is going to, I don't, I don't doubt that it's not going to be a funny movie. I just think that the fan base is going to like, that is essentially what I'm saying. The fan yeah. base is going to complain because it's not a, it, it feels like playing D and D not like watching a D and D movie. With you. Hmm. How can I salvage this one then? <laughs> you can make a prediction of how many people try and pull off a British accent and fail. Well, that, that's easy. There's only one British actor on it, so I'll go with, uh, of the four main characters, uh, only one does. <laughs> um, no, that's too easy. Because, come on, I, I love Michelle Rodriguez, but I don't see her doing a British I, accent. Accent is not where her toolbox lies. No. I think. No. Well, that's not true. Uh, Reggie Jean Page is English. Yeah, he's he's the only British guy on the cast. That's not true. Hugh Grant, 
I mean, does oh, it get yeah. any more oh, English he, than Hugh Grant? I mean, like, sorry, sorry. Hugh Grant he's the is, big, like, super English. He's the big bad. I'm, I'm talking about the core four, the fighter wizard cleric thief of the party. Because it's Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, the guy from Bridgerton, and somebody else. Anyway. You, you, um, know, I, you know, I can make one guarantee about this movie. Are you ready? Hmm. Probably better than the first two episodes of Wheel of Time. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I'm still a little bitter about that. Okay, hey, that's something I can jump on. Just watch. Somehow that's going to get renewed for a second friggin' season when Cowboy Beat. Okay, Wheel of Time is sitting at a Metascore of 55 and a user score of 5.7. How about... I, I will go on... much too kind. I, how about I'll go on the Metacritic that that is exactly what the D&D movie will get. Exactly. Within, maybe not exactly. Within, what, within a margin of error of 0.03. Okay. I'll go for the ten pointers. Is that worth a ten pointer? So I think it'll that's be worth a ten pointer. That's pretty exact. Okay, so it'll either be between six or five point five on the user you know score. What? I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree. Okay. Cause it's either gonna be way above that or way below that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it's gonna be thoroughly thoroughly, thoroughly mediocre. Yeah. That's my that's my plan. Alright, alright, cool. What's your third one? Alright, third one. Looking at Kickstarter, looking at Kickstarter, I think that we are going to see a board game project eclipse the twelve point nine million dollars made by Frosty. I will completely agree. That's my number four. Oh, well. <laughs> that is exactly my number four. I think it will be a fantasy game. That's too easy. Gloomhaven's on top. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I don't know how to make this more specific. That's exactly my number four. That's like really exactly. Funny. Well, I guess yeah. we just agree. Yeah. Watch us both lose. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're doing three this year. <laughs> so there okay. So my my third predictions: the Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, the spinoff that is supposed to come out next year. Uh, it will last one season and be canceled. Hmm. I think people are over the Game of Thrones. I mean, I don't think you're wrong. And but I, I also I, I don't, don't think that it's going to take, I mean, like, it, if they put anything forth with any modicum of quality, I think people will get sucked back in. Yeah, I think it'll last one season and be canceled. I think people are done. It's too little too late. The, the That eighth season, man, it, it blew the, the wind out of the sails and then it, there's no getting it back. Do you think it'll be good? No. I want some more specificity it, here. Like I said, I don't think I don't think it'll get picked up. I don't. How about I don't think it'll be good enough to get picked up. Like either, even if it's good, I don't think enough people will watch it. Like like I, I well, I don't know if Cowboy Bebop was any good, but it got canceled. But there's been plenty of shows that have been like air quotes good that get canceled because nobody cares, and and I'm just saying nobody will care. It will get canceled. I don't care if it's good or bad. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going disagree. there. Disagree. Okay. I I think it's gonna get a second season. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Carnival managed to get a second season out of HBO, and if that could get a second season, I think this could too. All right, what's Which your... Which is not a knock, by the way, on Carnival's quality. I just think it... I, I don't know that... I don't understand how it got its second season. It, that, that was a gift. All right, your last pick. All right, my last one. Um, I think FFG is going to drop a new app-driven game this year. Oh, too easy. They've been doing that for a while. Well... Yes and no. I mean, they really don't have a ton when you stop and think about it. They got Mansions of Madness. They've got Descent, and then they they redid 
Descent 2.0 and they redid um, Star Wars. So uh, what I'm saying is they're going to release something new that's going to be app-driven that's that's a, uh, like not... All right, all right. If going you back define, to something they already released and If and you define retro-rated. new, new as in a completely new thing, not not like War of the Ring or whatever, something they've already made and then making an app version, I want something like a new property. Now, but you, can it exist in one of their universes? As long as it's not... Billing I'm not itself. saying that they're going to go back and retro a game. I'm saying they're going to, re- like they did with Descent, it's a brand new game with brand new mechanics. Okay, yeah, but it's still Descent 3. Like, I, I'm saying... It's not. It, it, there's no right, 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 right. But, it, it, but, but still, it's, it's, it's still... It's the way people look at it. It's how I thought of it. No, I want, I want something new. Like, new, new, new. Not like, you know, oh, we're, this is Arkham Asylum, but, you know, with an app. Like I want something like they have not done before. It is not a skew that you can draw a direct line from. Like, but see that, Descent, that that new version of Arkham is actually it's dramatically different. Like it does not share DNA with the previous game. I but yeah, I don't care. But it's still it, it does share DNA because they want people who played the last one to play this one, and they have to go someplace where they have to draw in a new audience. For me to agree with for for me to you know give you that one because otherwise I agree. I think they'll do it this year. It seems obvious that they will. Okay, I'm I'm willing to try. Let's let's take the risk. I think it'll be. Uh, I don't know that it'll be a new property, but it'll be a new game. Yeah, nothing. You you know, it can't be like Android Netrunner. It'd have to be like Android Cyber Warfare or Android something like like a different story. Oh, like they've not, abandoned the Android universe. I I'm wish. just using I it as an, as an example. As an example, I'm not. I wish though. Be. I really wish. Yeah, it won't be like. It won't be like, uh, you know, like they reboot X-Wing and, and call it like Star Wars X-Wing with an app or whatever. And it's it's using all the same X-Wing figures from the, the collectible one. And no, just, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to come up with something new. Like, I, and I mean completely new. Like, yeah, it could be in a, it could be in a property, but it has to be identifiably not a, a game in a lineage. What if it is a reskin? Does a reskin count as new? Uh, no, because if it's using the same name. No, as no, no, else, reskin like. They take the descent engine, but then pump it into like, I don't know, something Android? else. Fantasy Flight makes Android. We'll just say Android because we Android, just brought it up. Yeah, and it's it's a brand new game that takes place in the Android unif- uh, universe, but it it borrows heavily mechanics from the the existing descent game. I'll allow that. Yeah, I I feel like that's allowable, right? I'll allow that. But yeah, it can't it can't have it can't be like cuz like descent the most recent descent you could draw a line from descent 1 descent 2 to this descent even though yes mechanically they're quite different. I get that. But it's still a progression. It's like you like descent you will like this new one play this, you know. Cuz yeah, I think it's a little bit harder to say this game's totally descent but it's cyberpunk. If you like descent come play our cyberpunk because that's that's a little bit harder of a bill. So they have to sell that a little yeah. bit harder. So so All okay. Right. I, I'll think, give I, you, think, I'll, I think we've got good specificity there. Okay. Uh, and well, okay. So my last prediction is the Kickstarter one, which we have already agreed on. <laughs> I, uh, Fair enough. I, I very, I, I don't think it'll be an RPG. It's uh, RPGs have been killing it this year over on Kickstarter. There have been like nine or ten million dollar RPG Kickstarters this year. It's nuts. I think that a game that you can play from your home during a pandemic yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but like. Yeah, the the Avatar game just completely blew it out of the water. It's it's impressive. It's the third uh, tabletop RPG. It made nine million dollars. I don't think the RPG one's gonna get beat 
this year, this coming year. But I could see the board game one because Frosthaven. Frosthaven was big, but it was twelve million dollars big. I can see someone beating that. All right. All right. That's it. We're done. All right. Well, that is our predictions for 2022 let's see how they pan out i'm excited i'm excited because our next episode we get to talk about our predictions from last year and see if we are indeed in touch with the uh upcoming universe or if we have uh covid brain for sure i never caught covid so that'd just be you yeah you can still get the brain part though because we're all trapped inside and our brains are getting squishy well, that brings us to the end of episode 120 of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Once again, join us on all of our digital domains. We would love to hear from you. And Robert, I know the answer to this, but any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're talking about the COVID brain. And I was going to say, like, I feel kind of terrible because I've spent my entire adult life fighting against my introvertedness, you know? And, like, I should get out more. I should get the kids out more. I should, you know, whatever. And you know what? This whole COVID thing. It, it's our it, time, it, buddy. It's our time. I Yeah. No, like you, you talk about how your brain's getting squishy. And, and I'm like, I'm I'm just so happy right now. Oh, like, no, I don't no. Have, I'm totally happy I'm not, too. I'm, but I'm, I'm, it's really weird the things I'm getting sick of. Like I really just want to walk into a restaurant because I loved restaurants. And I'll tell you why. I'm an introvert by nature. But restaurants allowed me to be near humanity without actually having to talk to them. And that in a weird way gave me like a social recharge. Hmm. And now I just get my food to go, and I really miss that. You know, ever since the twins came about, and I, I, they can probably handle themselves at a restaurant now, but we haven't taken them out to a restaurant ever, because, yeah, because they came of age during COVID. So, it's again, it's real easy for me to fall into that trap, because at the beginning of COVID, I wouldn't take them to a restaurant, because that sounds like hell. Like hell. And now it'd probably be fine, but I, I could still sort of indulge in that thought and that fantasy, and it works yeah, it's just weird. Like, I, I miss weird things about it. I am starting to miss going to the movies. I have, that's been a struggle for me because I really, I really legitimately miss that. I'm really thinking about seeing Spider Man. I almost went to see Bond last week, but I did too. What- I came real close. Like, let me tell you, seeing Dune makes, makes it even harder because now I, I got a little taste of the good life and I want to go back. Yeah, it's just it's hard because I got we got to see a show with some very specific parameters because um, uh, I I wouldn't want to take the well, at the time I didn't want to take the kids because they didn't have their vaccines but um, yeah so we had to see shows that basically we'd have to be able to get home before the kids got home from school and just Bond was such a long movie and it just the show times were awful. Like if and it's 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 a matter of minutes, you know. Like if we could, if there was one at eleven thirty, we'd be fine. But nothing, there's nothing here before noon these days, and I, I get why. But still, it's kind of sucky. Well, I'm excited. No time to die. I'll be on Blu-ray on December twenty-first, so I will be at that point prepared, prepared for our last episode of the No Time to Bond. Right. I was gonna say. No, there's no there's no hope for humanity. We're gonna keep going with this. Yeah, there's way too many Stephen King movies I want to watch at the end of the list. Oh, we're we getting at least through. Get there. We're getting through. I can't believe that we're as far into the list as we are. But then you look at it and you're like, oh, we're not even a quarter. No, no, we won't be a quarter until five to six, five episodes, five episodes, give or take. That's crazy, but awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, with those final thoughts, Robert, there's really only one thing left. And that is um, I almost said stay thirsty, my friends. Um, 
<laughs> Be excellent to one another and party on, Robert. Party on, Jonathan. Why would I say stay thirsty? That just doesn't even make sense. No offense, man. and No offense, but you are far from the world's most interesting man. No, I'm, like, reasonably boring. <laughs> I love you, though. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 